Wednesday, May the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, an unclear fate for Mariupol's defenders and Northern Ireland protocol under threat. First, the world in brief. Ukraine is, quote, doing everything possible and impossible to save the fighters still trapped in Mariupol's Azovstal steelworks, according to Hannah Maliar, Ukraine's deputy defence minister. She did not specify how many people were left inside. On Tuesday, more than 260 people surrendered and were evacuated to areas held by Russian-backed rebels, leaving the city to the Russians. Ms. Maliar said they would be returned in a, quote, exchange procedure, but Russian officials said they planned to interrogate the soldiers and could charge them with, quote, crimes committed by the Ukrainian regime against the civilian population. The American State Department announced a new program to document atrocities committed by Russian forces in Ukraine. The government is investing $6 million in a, quote, conflict observatory, which will analyse open-source information, including satellite images and social media posts, for evidence of Russian war crimes, which the Ukrainian government says are happening on a massive scale. The findings will be shared publicly. Liz Truss, Britain's Foreign Secretary, announced that the government would table a bill to override parts of the Northern Ireland Protocol. The protocol is part of a post-Brexit UK-EU trade deal that creates a sea border inside the United Kingdom between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. The legislation would propose, quote, green and, quote, red lanes for goods travelling between the mainland and the province. Ms Truss insisted that the bill would comply with international law. But Maroshevchovich, the EU's Brexit negotiator, said that the action raises, quote, significant concerns. Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's president, sued Alexandre de Moraes, a justice in Brazil's Supreme Court, for what he described as, quote, attacks on democracy, disrespect for the constitution, and contempt for fundamental rights and guarantees. It is the latest salvo in an ongoing war between Mr. Bolsonaro and Mr. Moraes, who has repeatedly authorised investigations into the president's behaviour. Mr. Bolsonaro is standing for re-election in October. The Prime Minister of Sweden and President of Finland will visit President Joe Biden on Thursday as they finalise their applications to join NATO. On Tuesday, Finland's parliament voted strongly in support of the membership bid. The traditionally neutral Nordic countries had hoped for a quick entry to minimise their exposure to Russian retaliation but face opposition from Turkey. President Joe Biden condemned white supremacy in an address to mourners in the city of Buffalo, New York. On Saturday, 13 people were shot, 10 fatally, in what police described as a racist hate crime. Paying tribute to the victims, Mr Biden described the, quote, hateful and perverse ideology behind the attack as, quote, poison that has no place in America. Walmart slashed its earnings forecast for the year, reflecting America's surging inflation problem. The world's largest retailer said that price hikes in food and fuel squeezed its margins. 
its profits for the first three months of the year were $2.05 billion, down from $2.73 billion in the same period last year. And fact of the day, 700,000. The number of daily Russian downloads of the 10 most popular VPNs, which can be used to access banned sites in the first month of the war. A surge from 16,000 before it began. And now here's today's agenda. The European Union's Renewables Plan Russia's invasion of Ukraine has forced the EU to supercharge its transition to renewable energy. On Wednesday, ministers will announce ambitious new green energy targets designed to find alternatives to the €22 billion billion of Russian oil and gas that the EU imports each month. Last year, Russia accounted for 62% of the club's energy imports. The EU will raise its renewable energy target for 2030 from 40% to 45%. That will oblige more buildings to install solar panels, meaning governments must amend planning rules. The plan will also call for more investment in wind and renewable hydrogen power. Easier planned than done. European leaders are struggling to wean themselves from Russian pipelines, at least in the short term. On May 13th, the European Commission said it would allow energy companies to keep paying for Russian gas without fear of breaching sanctions. And shifting towards renewable power pushes the EU towards another tricky trading partner. Most solar panels come from China. Not all fun and games at Tencent. The relationship between China's tech companies and the government has become slightly less tense in recent months. A regulatory crackdown that wiped $1.5 trillion from the value of China's five biggest tech firms between February 2021 and May 2022 has eased. But that does not mean things are back to normal. Tencent, China's largest consumer internet company, reports earnings on Wednesday. Analysts expect it to post revenue growth of just 4.3% for the first three months of the year, an incredible loss of momentum for a company that has long enjoyed double-digit growth. The political quote, tech lash, and a saturated domestic market, has hurt the outlook for a range of businesses, from advertising to online streaming. The Tencent's video games unit, its biggest revenue generator, is of particular concern, since the Chinese government has put strict limits on children's gaming usage. Amid the poor results, investors will hope for signs that Tencent can find new areas of growth. Is there a third way for Brazil? Brazil's presidential election in October is gearing up to be a two-horse race, between the left-wing Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who held the office between 2003 and 2010, and the right-wing incumbent, Jair Bolsonaro. Polls find that 41% of voters back Lula, while 23% prefer his rival. But just over one-third of voters say they would never support Lula, and over half say the same for Mr Bolsonaro. Such numbers are grist for centrists who dislike the pair of them. 
Brazil has more than 30 political parties. Some that usually scorn coalitions have been mobilised by the push for a quote, third way presidential candidate. On Wednesday, four large centrist outfits, PSDB, MDB, Uniao Brazil and Cidadania are due to announce a joint candidate. Possible names include Joe Doria, a former governor of Sao Paulo, and Simone Tebet, a senator from Mato Grosso do Sul, a state in the southwest. But third-way candidates may find it hard to reach first place. The most popular among them, Sergio Moro, a judge, is polling at just 7%. Why Japan's economy is stuck in low gear. The economic damage from a winter wave of COVID-19 in Japan became clear when first quarter GDP estimates announced on Wednesday showed a 1% dip on an annualised basis. A drop in consumption pushed the economy back into contraction, following growth of 4.6% in the final quarter of 2021. Case numbers have ebbed since March, and economic activity has picked up. The new roadblocks have emerged. Rising food and energy costs have pushed up prices, yet the Bank of Japan believes inflation is still nowhere near its target of 2%. So while America's Federal Reserve has hiked rates, the BOJ has maintained an ultra-loose stance. That has helped push the yen to a two-decade low against the dollar. Consumers are tightening their belts in response. Reopening Japan's borders to tourists may at least provide a boost. The government wants to trial small groups this month. A broader reopening could follow in June. Repatriating looted art as NFTs In 1897, British soldiers looted thousands of artworks from the African Kingdom of Benin, located in modern Nigeria. Among the treasures were exquisitely carved castings, now known as the Benin Bronzes. Today, they are spread across more than 160 museums, mostly in America, Britain and Germany. The artefacts are at the centre of a debate over the repatriation of stolen objects. For years, Western institutions refused to return the bronzes. But some have started to relent. Last year, Jesus College, part of Cambridge University, returned a bronze chicken to Nigeria. German museums have promised to begin repatriating their collections. Now, 125 years after that devastating raid, a group of Nigerian and Somali activists have launched, quote, Looty, a project that involves making non-fungible tokens from images of the looted items in museums. Proceeds from sales will go to African artists. Until these 500-year-old treasures are back where they belong, a digital copy may be the next best thing. Daily Quiz Arboristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. 
we'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which actor played John Connor in Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Tuesday. Which funk soul band was noted for the hits Everyday People and Family Affair? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Pope John Paul II, who was born on this day in 1920. Freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 